0: Hello and welcome to Living Proof, the Isaac Newton Institute podcast. My name is Dan Aspel and I'm your host. In today's episode I will be joined by Professor Herbert Gangle of the University of Durham. Professor Gangle is a number theorist and it's this specialism which has led him on a journey to create 3D artworks and jewellery known as the Gems of Hippolytos. We'll find out all about them in just a moment. So, Herbert Gangl, thank you very much for joining me, and welcome to Living Proof. A uh, pleasure. And for a way of introduction for the listeners, you are attending INI as a participant at the moment. Can you tell us a little bit about the program that you're part of?
1: It's about uh, algebraic K-theory, um, algebraic Cycles, and uh, homotopy theory. So it's... Um, kind of abstract form of uh, um, of dealing with objects that ad- appear in areas like number theory and topology and they blend into a nice uh, much more uh, uh, delicate um, theory I don't uh, even understand much of what's going on in some of the areas I have to admit so I'm coming from one side there but of course it's very enriching to Talk to those people who do.
0: Yeah, that's fab. And and what is your specialism then, if if I can ask? What what do you spend most of your
1: research time so on? It it f- uh, focuses around something called polylogarithms. So it's sort of a higher version of logarithms that you may have heard at school of uh, the exponents of uh, uh, that one. Uh, tends to look at, but it, it, it's sort of a more um, elaborate thing, those objects turn out in many different areas in surprisingly uh, uh, unusual ways, and that's what I find very intriguing.
0: Mm. And it must be fabulous to have the opportunity to discuss these subjects with a quite a large group of other people who, who have either the same specialism or adjacent specialisms, because I know how uh, how rare some of these subjects can be that are covered at INI.
1: That's right. You, you feel um, at your own institution uh, often a bit isolated because no one's really exactly working in your area. So you want to talk to other people and can be a bit hard, and those programs are just great. because You're you're forced to interact almost. I mean, you, you, you love to inter- interact, of course, and then uh, this gives you the opportunity to do so.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, is it your first time at INI?
1: Uh, no, I've... Been there before. I have. I've even been part of a program of the organising committee of the program ten years ago, um, which went a little bit in the, in this direction. At least my uh, area intersected a little bit from a different uh, angle there. Well, that was a great fun. That, a little, uh, yeah, so you were you're a real veteran.
0: Well. <laughs> 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 Um, and uh, again, by way of introduction to yourself, your home institution is uh, Durham, I believe. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, that must be wonderful. It's a beautiful city, a nice place to live, I imagine.
1: Yeah, maybe city is a bit uh, um, exaggerated as a term. It's more like a village, <laughs> and it still has, but it has a fantastic, uh, um, um, like it's this um world heritage site where you walk alongside the um, the river and you can see first the castle appear and then you just in the uh, um, 100 meters away from that suddenly there's the cathedral and uh, that's for me my school walk kind of every day so that's uh, this is fantastic and the, the whole uh, city the whole town is 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 a bit uh, still uh, medieval in the sense that uh, these cobblestone roads are sort of still narrow it, it's fun it's really fun to go there
0: that's such a delight i i, I know durham a little and uh, yeah you've you've painted a perfect picture of it there and to to come from there to cambridge you know which is also celebrated for its uh, the beauty of its architecture what a what a lovely mixture mm-hmm. what a lovely life to be an academic Gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> i'm sure there are many many other aspects blessed, which we haven't touched on yeah um so uh, apart from uh, your research and, and everything else in your life, there's one other thing which which makes you unique and fascinating, and that is your uh, creation of 3D artworks and jewellery based upon mathematics, which uh, anyone who's been at I over the past few weeks may have seen your leaflets around the place on the coffee tables and such, and they looked so intriguing that it was impossible not to want to talk to you about them, Herbert, so... Let, give, for someone who has no idea what we're talking about at all, give us a little introduction. What what are these things that you make?
1: So they uh, originally arose from um, my master's thesis, even, um, which on the continent is a bit more extended, and it it deals with uh, how can I how can I start to formulate it. It, it deals with uh, visualizations of groups, of group actions. So groups are kind of mathematical objects that try to capture symmetry. So we, we feel what, what symmetry is, but it's hard maybe to quantify that notion. And mathematicians have found ways to, to deal with that. And there's this notion of a group. Then you have a, a space and the group may be acting on the space. So it does something to the space. It carries a point around. Uh, and uh, you want to see things like um, orbits under that group action. Yeah. Very, uh, very vague, like uh, planetary orbits around the, the sun would be concentric uh, circles. And um, they uh, nicely uh, sort of divide a plane into a um, non over non-intersecting bits in a similar way you have these orbits for cutting your space into um, nicely um maybe then they they cut your space they partition your space nicely as a two-dimensional analog maybe uh tilings uh on your wall on your bathroom wall or like Escher's uh, um, paintings uh, have with angels and demons, for instance, they tile the the plane very nicely. So then that's what people tend to uh, have seen before. So that's maybe a good uh, impression to start with, and then we think of that as a three dimensional version of it, but not in our usual way of uh, thinking about geometry. Which is the so-called Euclidean way. Uh, it's more um, what's called the hyperbolic geometry. And for those bits that uh, um, I'm interested in or have been interested in in, in that uh, thesis, um, hyperbolic geometry seems to seems to be richer. So those tilings, so three-dimensional tilings, which come actually from number theory. Which is where I originally came from. Uh, they, you uh, th- have infinitely many different ones, and as it turns out, in many cases there is a beautiful uh, um, subdivision uh, of the orbit space. So space of orbits means you take one representative for each of those uh, orbits you have, and they tend to uh, form a nice uh, um, or you can choose them uh, appropriately and then they decompose into a finite number of uh, convex polytopes so now uh, long way uh, long story short uh, one of those polytopes that arise from such a tessellation is what goes into uh, my jewelry typically
0: So you've given a fantastic background there of the mathematics which led you to these items, but you were obviously so inspired by the shapes, by the symmetries, as you've put it, of what you were Mm. working with that you, you, I guess, am I right in saying that you wanted to create, you wanted to sort of give them visual life? You wanted to turn these into objects. And when you turned them into objects was that purely to to see them in 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 physical form or was it to make something which was beautiful in the way that artwork is beautiful or was it specifically to make something which could be worn as jewelry what, what how did your thinking go there
1: in the beginning i was just happy to have something tangible that would uh, show the the structure that seemed to appear on paper and with the uh, first crude uh, um, images, approximations of that, it showed kind of symmetry that uh, was unexpected. We were able, with several students over, over summer projects, uh, research uh, uh, projects, to make that more uh, visible. And then eventually it turned out that uh, there was an easy way to put all those uh, points um of uh, the the vertices of such polytopes uh, take the convex hull of the vertices. And those all uh, were lying on a sphere, and it had no obvious reason to do so. And that was the the big surprise. And not only that, but uh, also the the vertices were nicely poised in the sense that they were nicely distributed on the sphere both of uh, which were not at all uh, obvious. And uh, that created such a such a feeling of uh, beauty, I think. So it's this well poisonous and the, the symmetry, the reappearing of structures if you turn the object and you realize, ah, I've seen that before, so I only need to understand that part because that will uh, reappear. I think that those uh, emotions kind of tend to um, blend together to some kind of feeling of aesthetics, uh, beauty. And eventually uh, I produced them even with my own uh, um, 3D printer, but in plastic. That was very nice. And I I realized that uh, one could even have them done in metal. It was already a, a step further, and then I, I didn't even think about uh, precious metal. But eventually, uh, when I saw that it was still affordable, and this uh, free com- uh, printing company, Shapeways, they really do a, a great job there, um, they could actually produce uh, my uh, wireframe models of those polytopes um, without too much problem also in very small size and in precious metal, then I thought that's a kind of object that people might be interested in wearing.
0: I wonder if you can speak to this at all, but do you think that you're fortunate in your your, um, sphere of mathematics that what you're working with can be rendered into these aesthetically pleasing shapes? Or, Or do you think that in most... Schools and areas of mathematics, there is something that could be interpreted this way. Is it
1: unique to your to your I research? Think it's really hard to actually find some something like that. It was very fortuitous that uh, it happened to have this structure. Mm. So, so you need to have to work with three dimensional objects, <clears throat> that's already a subclass, and they need to have something that produces uh, a type of object that's not really well known. There are these five platonic solids of which you may have seen lots and lots of uh, uh, avatars, certainly 3D printing uh, um, um, models are out there in like tons. Um, so You would like to have something that's different. And I was lucky enough to, to get those. Funnily, uh, there is a different way of <coughs> tessellating those, uh, the same space, almost uh, the same object, but... Uh, slightly different uh, smaller groups that a colleague of mine did. And he only found that the building blocks there consisted of, I think, eight or nine different types. So I was lucky to really uh, have uh, many more appear.
0: Well, that's really inspiring to hear. It also, it must be a really privileged feeling to see a physical rendering of of your work, of something that otherwise was existing in internally is that reasonable to say
1: that's absolutely true in the beginning i i saw it on on screen so with a, a scat with a cat program and uh actually it was so pleasing that i spent um, like hours sort of turning the object and uh, playing around with them and then i thought okay i need some uh, physical object to 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 do that uh, now, solid ones would actually not be as uh, nice. They look very good in solid form on, on the screen, but it's much nicer to have the wireframe models so that you can see behind or through uh, the model. And also, it's much cheaper in terms of the uh, printing. So I was kind of led by circumstances to produce those models. And eventually, settled on something that I felt that was pleasing.
0: And I, I actually don't know anyone myself that owns a three D printer, but I hear about them lots. That's uh, quite a thrilling thing, and what an interesting use you've put it to. Is it um, is it an easy device to to, to learn to use or to, or to master?
1: Actually, I was again fortunate that in the beginning I didn't have any problem. With uh, with it, eventually problems appear, and then you need some kind of engineering qualities, and which I didn't have. I mean, as mathematicians, you tend to have yeah, uh, you, know, you you're a klutz in terms of uh, <laughs> those, uh, bits, <laughs> and I was, but I learned my lesson, and eventually I got through. Uh, so I muddled through, um, but um, what what I found actually a. Uh, really appealing is when you see the object emerge from the from the plastic so you really feel like you are creating something and it's amazingly uh, satisfying and to take it off your uh, build plate in the end once it's done and you have it in your hand and you play around with it well often you have to remove the support material because that's a bit but uh, That is maybe one of the uh, most exciting parts of 3D printing that you really do create.
0: Yeah, it's rare, I imagine, as a mathematician, that you have such a practical experiment as well. Mm. (laughs) Something that you have an absolute solid result you can hold. Um, Yeah, that's really, really fascinating to hear. So obviously then you stepped from having created those and been satisfied and excited by that to Making them more precious by making them quite literally out of precious metals. Um, how big a step was that? Was that? Were that? Did they sort of somehow take on a different characteristic, a different character, once you'd had them
1: made out of other materials? Um, I would think so. So the first time I opened one of those boxes, uh, they have pouches, Shapeways send you uh, those bits, uh, the, the models often in pouches, black pouches. So I took it out and it really struck me how beautiful it was. And you can see it on screen before, but it's it's no match. Here. Once you have it, uh, your hand, and I think that was a little bit of a transformational moment. And that triggered a uh, the desire to make more and more of, uh, of those. Uh, have dozens of, of different types of those models, uh, try to play around with them, try to modify them. And in order to wear them, uh, you don't want them too round because maybe they, they bottle away. Uh, so, so I squeezed them and I found different uh, pleasing ways of presenting them as well. So then I thought, oh, okay, there is some artwork uh, to be done and um, have the artistic freedom to change them in in ways that uh, are not exactly mathematical uh, are more kind of uh, pleasing to the eyes
0: and we are speaking online at the moment but we did see each other in person a couple of days ago and you, I had the privilege of holding some of these in my hand and they were very intricate and, and very beautiful and of varying shapes. Some were spheres, some slightly more condensed shapes and looking at them, the more I looked, the more detail there seemed to be and the more I noticed the, the symmetry mm-hmm. and the, the interesting aspects of it. So that that's something which really leapt out at me. Uh, what sort of response have you got generally from people that you've showed them to? Uh, is it is it particular to mathematicians or has anybody regardless of their specialty noticed the beauty here or found interest in them
1: I was actually surprised originally I thought that we will be appealing to mathematicians so a very small uh, subset but then whenever I show it to people my sister for instance she, she has nothing to do with mathematics whatsoever she was very pleased and she is still uh, excited she even wears uh, uh, sometimes uh, some of that jewellery Um. um Many other people that I've shown them to uh, tend to be very uh, positive about them and often they ask or suggest that I should make a business out of it. So so they seem to think that uh, there is enough beauty to, to show them around.
0: And you, you, I mean, you do sell them, and you have a website, I believe, that people can. There is a
1: website. Uh, so Shapeways allows you to put up a store, but somehow the uh, PR from Shapeways—they uh, don't do PR—so you have to do it yourself, and I haven't done a good job at all so far. So there is not much going on.
0: But is there anywhere that listeners could could point their browser at to see at least images? Uh, of, of um, yes, job.
1: so on, on Shapeways, one would need to maybe search for the gems of Hypolitos, and uh, then would be probably my shop that will appear.
0: Excellent. So gems of Hypolitos on Shapeways. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll all be in the episode description as well, because I, I realize that this is an audio medium and it's it's <laughs> it's difficult <laughs> to describe jewellery to people uh, without using an awful lot of words um mm-hmm. but yeah various uh, shapes sizes colors and uh, and i and i'm guessing that they can be worn in various ways as well do you have is there any particular mm-hmm. part of the body or or, or area you know, rings earrings
1: what kind of things so do you have, on? Um, i've tried different uh, types uh, as bracelets uh, as rings mm-hmm. as necklaces which is maybe uh, the, the bulk of the of the of the jewellery that I'm making. Uh, and some of them are just uh, de- for decoration. Like uh, then, if they're round and bigger, then you don't want to wear them, but rather uh, put them on a shelf maybe. Earrings uh, can be worn as well. What I haven't done yet is cufflinks.
0: Oh, yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah. Uh, tell me, what's the significance of Gems of hippolytos? What is the significance of the name?
1: Um, it's, uh, it's a so play on words. Uh, so it comes from hyperbolic polytopes. So, um, blending those uh, uh, turn out to give something that sounds like a Greek name. Indeed, there were uh, um, Greek, f- I think, um, philosophers, maybe Hippolytus which uh, are very close in uh, at least with the sound. So I thought maybe uh, this has an appealing, has a certain appeal to people. If I um, have such a a name and put them together with um, like gems, I even produced a little legend uh, that would uh, put a certain Hippolytus who envisaged uh, those bits uh, to the game. Um, originally, I I hoped that this would would be an important factor for shapeways, but I don't think anyone really cares. I even invented uh, poems to describe the beauty of those objects, and they're there on shapeways, but again, uh, it hasn't yet.
0: uh, (laughs) Oh gosh, well, I'll I'll certainly go and read those. That sounds fascinating to uh, look at poems that you've written uh, in honour of these artworks. Um, I guess I had another question, which was that, uh, to me, there's a lot of various ways in which jewellery and other uh, objects, uh, art objects, can, can be beautiful. Symmetry, which you've mentioned, is one of those. So have you seen that there is a mathematical symmetry, perhaps by accident, in other jewellery designed by other people, which was meant only to be beautiful and not with no mathematical underlying design to it? But which has still somehow followed some of these principles
1: not as such I mean originally uh, for for my own jewelry uh, there was a surprising there's this surprising uh, appearance of symmetry so there was a hidden symmetry that I'm uh, um, I wouldn't have guessed, certainly not from formulas or from what you get there. But then when you picture them, as one of my uh, students did, um, the, it, there was a kind of uh, symmetry lurking in the background. And once that was in place, another student was was able to make that manifest. Um, there, um, there was an urge to maybe have... Or there was even a suggestion that there should be a theorem saying that under certain circumstances there should be um yeah that those points uh that i mentioned earlier would all lie on a sphere that was the the, the big surprise there when i told that to my uh, uh, former uh, doctoral supervisor he said oh so maybe uh, if you prove that theorem, then that would be the first mathematical theorem that would be motivated by jewellery. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps that goes a bit in the direction of your question. that uh, can, can actually use the uh, physical object to deduce uh, something that you haven't seen before? Mm. In, in a sense, that's uh, maybe the best that I can do.
0: That, that's absolutely fascinating. What an interesting number of doors this... Path you followed seems to have opened ways in which you wouldn't have been able to foresee beforehand. How how, how fascinating. How long has this journey been going on? How many years have you been making these gems?
1: Actually, the thesis was already done in 89, so centuries ago. (laughs) And uh, the the jewelry stuff came, I think, in 2012, there were the first. uh, Inclings where i was where i realized that you can make those three printed objects it was the beginning of shapeways as well and uh, on from my side i started in 2016 when i had my first uh, when i bought my first printer in the meantime, that i have three of them currently two of them are not working because they need uh, yeah <clears throat> technical uh, difficulties uh but uh, yeah and since then I've been churning out to uh, print after print for a while and it's great fun
0: that's fabulous well it's been really interesting to, to talk to you about these Herbert. Um and for listeners again any of the links which we've mentioned will be in the episode description so you can go and you can see when we post this on the Newton Institute website we'll um, put some pictures in as well so you can see them there some images of the jewellery and uh, yeah herbert thank you again i i hope you're looking forward to uh, the rest of your time at ini in this particular visit absolutely yeah uh, and i hope it goes well for you right. so uh, thank you very much again for your time i have really enjoyed talking to you